Hey gang, you know if you hear my voice first before the intro, it could only mean one thing. That's right, it's a repeat. Unfortunately this week, uh, myself and Chris and Karen, we all had some things to do. I went to the 2017 graduation ceremony for the Kubert School. So first and foremost, congratulations to all you guys that graduated this year. I hope you go on to do amazing things in the comic book world. And Chris and Karen, well, they are being adults and, you know, packing up their home and moving on to the next chapter of their life. So hopefully next week, everything will be squared away and we will be able to record a new podcast. But unfortunately, like I said, this week, it is a repeat. Um, And I just, you know, I, I thought about it for a minute and seeing as this week was the season finale of season three of Flash... I went back into our, you know, our past episodes and I pulled a comic book tastic episode. So we're going to go all the way back to episode 29, The Erpening. Enjoy. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, the lovely Karen Randazzo. That is an army of robotic bees. Yeah, that's my life now. And the fantastic Chris Randazzo. We're neck deep in Shit's Creek with our mouths wide open. On this week's episode, we talk television, so sometimes we get a little spoilery. Um, This week, we'll be discussing... The most recent episode of Arrow, the most recent episode of Winona Earp, uh, The Walking Dead, and Supergirl. So, if you don't want any of those spoiled, so please go back, check them out, come on back here, and we'll try to make them slightly more entertaining. It's going to be a little bit easier for a couple of these than others. But, let's start off with something that seemed good or okay. The Arrow. Karen. Hi. I'm giving you the the helm of talking about a show that we could have enjoyed. <laughs> yes. Let's kick it off with good and I think we'll end off with good and then in the middle who knows what'll happen. Uh yeah, this was a fun little uh kind of female centric episode of Arrow. Um we had the return of Brie Larvin as the villain. Uh, Worst last name ever. I understand it's her power, but that's just bad. That's way yeah. too on the nose. They're I expected calling, better from them. <laughs> <laughs> they're calling her uh, Bug-Eyed Bandit, which I kind of remember from the last time she was on the show. I don't know. It's not the best name they've ever she was come on, up with. Wasn't she on The Flash, though? Yeah. Uh, and okay. like, Cisco, not your best work. <laughs> he was just phoning it in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was uh, Emily Kinney from The Walking Dead. Uh, she was fantastic. Basically, quick recap, she broke herself out of prison and went to Palmer Tech to uh, hold everybody hostage because she wanted Felicity's microchip that made her walk again. Uh, <laughs> she has some sort of debilitating thing yeah, happening to her, Yeah, some kind of right? condition, and she's like, I can't afford the millions of dollars it's going to cost to for you guys to sell me this microchip. So. Did you note the foreshadowing at the beginning of the episode when she said that specifically? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, Felicity is like, yeah, this is a great thing, but it's gotten to the point where it's only for the rich people. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. I noticed. I yeah. thought you meant you said, uh, I thought you meant 
the villain said something. Oh, no, no. No. Yeah. If she um, did, it was buried deep, deep beneath a mountain, a an Everest-sized mountain, unscalable, of bee puns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Which, you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm a punster at heart, so that, that, was, that was fun for me. So her plan, I guess, was to get her robotic bees to surround the Palmer Tech building and hold the board hostage until Felicity gave up the chip. And the only one that there is is the one in her body. So that was going to suck for her. Uh, and so <laughs> yeah, that's a way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, the, the I guess Palmer Tech, the, all the employees are trapped in there except for Curtis, who got sent home sick. And on top of that, Thea is there because of reasons. And her mom is there. Her mom's uh, boobs are there. And her mom's boobs are there. <laughs> oh, she never. The, gets when, when she shows up on screen, and I go, "Whoa, that's uncomfortable." <laughs> I love that she's uh, and now back with Captain Lance. Like that relationship just cracks me up. It's nothing but comic relief. Oh, it's kind of great. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so Curtis uses the the an app on his phone that Team Arrow gave him to find the Arrow Cave and like stumbles <laughs> in there despite being delirious from some sort of really terrible illness. Get well soon, Curtis. He had a hundred and four <laughs> fever when he left his apartment. <laughs> I don't really know what the point of that little subplot was. I think the only reason he was sick was to get him out of the building. Mm. Like they're like we need something so that Curtis isn't trapped in the building with everyone else, but they could have come up with something a little better than that, because <laughs> then it was like, oh, he's sick, let's like make a bunch well, of jokes out of that. Well, they got rid of it real quick, because when he does pass out, they just shoot him with something to hydrate him, and then he was fine for the rest of the episode until the very end. Which is not how that works. No, not a, not even a little bit. <laughs> but but we're talking about a villain that controls an army of robotic bees, so... Which maybe, I find uh, nothing wrong with whatsoever. <laughs> Realism is not what we're going for. Completely logical and realistic. Uh, so he he kind of fills in the, the tech role on Team Arrow and helps them, you know, find a way to get into the building and uh, take down the bee lady uh, with some with some an assist on the uh, on the ass kickery from Felicity herself. They, they had this. uh she managed to find a way that the villain found a way to get her bees to like take a human form, just like a million of them like clump together to form a dude who could then fight. Kind of a badass dude, not for nothing. I Seriously, mean. he is the throwing people around the room. And that was really interesting, that fight, because Thea was there, but she wasn't in her speedy, you know, well, disguise. They moms doesn't know, so we have to hide all of that information. Exactly. So she kind of just got thrown across the room because what else could she do? <laughs> um, and then I get, and I think at that point Arrow had made it into the building, but he got stung. He got yeah, he got taken. Oh, he got stung. That's right. He got taken down. So the bee guy is like advancing, and Felicity grabs a friggin' floor lamp to like wave at him and for a second she you can see her face she's like what the hell am i doing this isn't gonna do anything to this guy and then her brain activates and she smashes it against the wall to like break the electronics at the top of the lamp and like zaps the thing and i just love that that was the way that she fought it was like i need to be smart because i'm felicity and i'm not you know <laughs> i'm not a fighter so i have to figure out a way to hurt this thing 
with the the only advantage I have, which is my brain. So they manage to like take down this chick and Team Arrow saves the day. There were a lot of good like what do you call it? B puns? I mean Yeah, <laughs> the B puns were awesome. Biatch. Lay down. Biatch. <laughs> the fact that she was like like when she said that it was off to the side and she was just standing there with a big old smile on her face and <laughs> it was to the point where oh what too soon what no no we're not ready for that okay sorry <laughs> she's adorable but there were just a lot of like uh the good products that came out of this uh i like curtis as a possible replacement for overwatch Yes. He is he's totally adorable. Uh it, he fits really well on the team. If I'm not mistaken, he is supposed to be uh Mr. Terrific. Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. that's what Chris Hence has the little been balls me. with yes. the T's on him that have been flying around and he have, and the the times where he has very intentionally said the word terrific. I don't understand. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I like his brand of like geeky nervousness. It's different from Felicity's, but I, I just it's cute. It's the you know, the pop culture references. The and- Harry Potter one got me. <laughs> like that was when a he's- great <laughs> joke. <laughs> I've read the Harry Potter books. Oh, I was betting that you were going to watch the movies. They were movies? They were movies? <laughs> uh, I also think that Team Arrow could use a little more um, color. So, good to have I'm, Curtis I'm sorry, on the what? Team Green for... and red, black. That's not enough for you? <laughs> sure, Diggle. sure. That's I what mean, I'm talking about. Yes, Diggle, Diggle is, is an African-American there. lead in that show. If we want to go race and hard. And he's the only <laughs> one. So it's good to have another one. Okay. okay. All right. Don't argue with me on this, people. <laughs> this is a good thing. I'm just happy that he's doing so well. Yes. Like his his character could go horribly wrong, and it's true. Not, you know. I think that actor is is a large part of that. He's doing a great job. Um, I like also that they took uh they're they're taking steps to give Felicity an identity uh separate from Team Arrow because she hasn't had that in a while, um, and so they when the what the bee woman said the, I'm I'm not calling her bug eyed bandit it's dumb biatch. what she said about the biatch that's good. Uh, she said about not being able to afford the uh, the treatment that she needed from this microchip gave Felicity, inspired her to like remake Palmer Tech as a company that helps and not just a company that makes money. And I think that's a good goal for her. Like it, it's something for her to do. And I think it'll still give her some involvement in the show without forcing her to like go back to the team and go back to Oliver. Like. She can still do those things if she wants to, but she needs a purpose outside of all of that. So I like that she got that out of this. Agreed. And I also like that Thea and Felicity are still friends, despite the stupid, stupid, stupid breakup. <laughs> Which is stupid with a side of stupid sauce. <laughs> Seriously, that's one of the things I did not like about this is just the breakup is dumb. I I hate that like Oliver's being a martyr. I hate that everyone is like, don't worry, man. It's gonna be okay. She's gonna come. She's gonna come around, and she's gonna come back to you. And nobody is like acknowledging. No, she has a kind of a valid point. Yeah, you, you, you're lying all the time because the writers have decided that you need to lie all the time, <laughs> you even are when lying. it doesn't make any, any sense. 
for you to lie, when there's zero downward consequences for you to not tell your future wife that you have a kid. There's zero bad things that could come from that. You couldn't even sniff something. But no, we're going to lie, because then we can break Oliver and uh, Felicity up. Yes, and create some unnecessary drama. One exactly. of my favorite slash sarcasm voice. Least favorite things ever on TV. Um, also, <sighs> that whole situation puts Laurel in a position of being the, like, wise, good, advice-giving friend, and that is a total what the fuck. Well, like, she was all, you know... I don't she, know how she, I feel about her. I really don't I, like her as, as yeah, Black Canary. Either. I don't like when she uses her powers. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the look on her face as she's doing that yell thing. I liked it better when she had the little, you know, hockey puck looking thing that she yeah. shoot at it people. It was kind of cool and techy instead of it being this weird, like, like bending over like she's about to take a shit and start <laughs> screaming and squinting and contorting. And just, it just looks so unnatural and I odd. did like that her power, though, was um, incorporated into defeating the bees at one point. The bees that it, were inside... The, uh, <laughs> when Ollie got stung, like the, the self-replicating <laughs> robot bees in his bloodstream. <laughs> God, I love you, TV. Sometimes I just. Love oh no, you. no, no! That's comic books, okay? Well, whatever. So they did comic books right, but That's they did pushing it, it even for comic book logic. <laughs> but it turns out that the bees, like, they adapt to whatever way you beat them. So you can only use one thing to defeat them once, and then it's not going to work again. But Curtis came up with this thing. He was like, oh, they operate on a sonic frequency, and all we need is to do this, this, and this, but we need we need to be able to generate that frequency somehow, and that's impossible. And Ta-da. they're all like, nope. <laughs> I do like the fact of his explanation at the end when the you know that bee inside of Ollie is dead, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's still inside your body. You should pass it in about you know, a day or two. And I was like, I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I mean, there were a couple of, you know, there are a couple of little, other little things. We got to see Damien Dark in prison and he's like pretty much abandoned by Hive. So he's kind of got to figure his own shit out. And, and then they. And in f- less than 40 minutes, he does. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It reminded me of uh, um, Daredevil. I was just yeah. gonna say, it's yeah. Somebody a, watched an episode Damian of Dark's neat, but uh, that Kingpin's got a he's got him he's got him covered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the King of Prison thing done better. Yeah, <laughs> like not that this wasn't amusing and well done, but if you really want to see how that 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 scene should be done, watch some Daredevil. Yeah, it's like episode seven ish, give or take. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Delightful. Kingpin ruling the roost at prison. And uh, we also got the surprise reveal at the end that the person who is now in, uh, who is even higher up in Hive than Damien Dark is Diggle's brother. Dougal. <laughs> Diggle see it? that one. I, I have to be honest. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I did not either. Oh, really? Well done, show. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't I, see it coming because I forgot he was even a exactly, thing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. They so made me forget it coming him for a and forgetting it are two different things. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we didn't see it coming because he was such an inconsequential character. Like, he was as soon as they let him he out, he did his thing, yeah, and I, then he left. I, I forgot they even, le- I just, I just totally forgot that he was a thing in any way, shape, or form. 
So, yeah. which could be a bad thing because, you know, if he's that forgettable of a character, I don't know that I want him as my main villain. So hopefully they, they do some improvements to that character to make him a little more impactful. Because yeah. thus far, eh, he's all right. Mm. And the last thing that I have to say about Arrow is, for the love of God, in all caps, forever and always, stop the flashbacks. They have nothing what's to do with this one. <laughs> nothing whatsoever to do with the plot. Nothing. It had nothing to do with anything. And I don't care. Stop it. Yeah. Just like do one more episode with a flashback. Finish it off like Oliver like magically gets out of whatever situation he's in. Saves all the people on the island and he gets back to Star City and woo. <laughs> That's the end. I don't want to see it anymore. Ever, ever, ever. Stop. Stop. I don't even know what it's about this time. Uh, <sighs> neither do the show writers. <laughs> no, I mean, at some point it was about showing, like, the mystical powers that idols have because that is what was powering Damien Dark. Mm -hmm. But the connection to the current story is, like, really, really loose and doesn't always make sense. And right now... It's not there. And maybe they're not going somewhere yeah. where it'll connect back, but I don't care. I don't. I could not care less. And they're kind of making me angry. <laughs> kind of pissing me off. Yeah, enough, of, enough of that interesting stuff. Look at this guy. <laughs> I swear to God, I go to sleep every time. <laughs> it's like, not oh, flashback. Half minutes. <laughs> what am I going to get for uh, dessert tonight? Yeah, mm. I'm going to get some ice cream. Time to check up on Facebook. Oh, they're still fighting this guy with the magic stuff, huh? Oh, they're still trying to make me believe that there's some sort of chemistry between Ollie and that walking corpse of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's, no, there's nothing there. There is nothing for anyone there. Abandon all hope. Well, But other than that, Good times. <laughs> it was it was an entertaining episode. It was a filler episode. Um, we did get a little progression with a couple of the characters. So I yeah, mean, can't I, ask I mean, for more it, than that. I I would call it a filler episode based on the fact that it didn't really advance the plot of the season. But I still say good things came out of it. Still, what yeah, is the like point that. of this? Which is season? the best kind of a filler? What is the point of the season? Yeah, remind me. I'm kind of lost. It oh. was Damien Dark. Right now he's in prison, and now he's gone. And so it's hive. like hive, yeah. I guess. Okay. Does remember there was a, a mayoral thing going on for a mm -hmm. while? And yeah, that dark. Keeps, they keep throwing like lettuce at that every now and then. We're like, hey, we're gonna do something with this? Nah, think about it later. <laughs> yeah. At, at one point, Dark forced him out of the race um, because he had the Oliver's kid hostage. Right, I remember um, that. And then since then, he he's a hit. They they did say something. I, I think it was this episode where he was like, "Are you going to go back to trying to run for mayor?" And he was like, "Nah, the people don't really want you. somebody who flip flops and jumps out and then comes back." So, but isn't it? I like guess they're Damian done with Dark's that? wife. Wife, yes. So yeah, that's a win. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. All right. Well, all in all, it was an entertaining episode. I enjoyed it. I've caught up completely on Arrow. I've actually done a lot of catching up this week, so. Feel yeah, pretty good yeah. about that. Congrats. Um, I'm gonna go next. Uh, I checked out do, a sh do tell. Yeah, I checked out a show called Winona Earp, and the reason I checked this show out is because, as some of you may know, I also do a comic book podcast. 
featured here on geekade.com called The Paper Cuts. Now, we reviewed uh, a comic book by the same title called Winona Earp. I know it's a stretch. Um, this comic was bad. Horrible. Okay. So they decided to make a show. Yes. Well, it is it's, sci-fi. It, 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 it's sci-fi. Um, <laughs> the, it's, it apparently had at least four volumes already. This is like the fourth volume. And it is the story of Winona Earp, who is the great, I want to say great, great, great granddaughter of um, Wyatt Earp. So there's that. Um, apparently, there is a mystical sense to this world as well, because the people that Wyatt We're mystified has, as to why it got yeah, made, <laughs> really mystified. Especially after reading the book, I was mystified <laughs> as to why it was named. Um, I didn't get any of this from the one issue of the comic that I read, but in the first episode, we fully find out the story is Winona goes back to her hometown that she's been running from because her uncle has died and she goes to the funeral and on her way to the funeral she's on a bus and the bus breaks down or gets a flat tire uh, some young woman that she was conversing with on the bus has to go pop a squat and apparently someone went into the bathroom so she goes out into the woods in the dark so we know something bad is going to happen which it because does. Because we've seen TV before. Because we've seen TV. Something worse than having to poop in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, while she's out there, she gets attacked by this demon. It, it sort of looks like a, a guy, but you don't really get the full view of it. Uh, lots of screaming, lots of moaning, lots of horrific noises from the woods. Everybody wants out. The bus driver's like, fuck the tire. We're just going to drive on it and get the hell out of here. And Winona's like, we have to go save her. We can't just leave her out there. Um, so she heads out into the woods. Now, I understand trying to do good, but this is like taking it a little too far because she doesn't know anything about if she has mystical powers, which we find out later that she sort of does, but she's not aware of them. She goes out into the woods to go find this girl. The girl's She's not only dead, but she was decapitated and her head was put on a pike. This is all within like the first six minutes of this show. <laughs> um, the demon attacks her, gets her, you know, she gets knocked around a little bit. And while she's on the ground at one point in time, she gets like this surge of energy and she then kicks the ever living crap out of this demon. And at the end of the fight, she's totally surprised at this outcome. So she wasn't prepared for that. She wasn't like gambling on it. None of that. It was a surprise. She ends up getting home. She's the black sheep of the family. Parents and loved ones are telling her, you really shouldn't be back. Why did you come back? Blah, blah, blah. Wait, I'm lost. Is this Winona Earp? Yes. So she just experienced the erpening? There was. Oh. I'm going to ask you to leave now. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened in The Walking Dead at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, the backstory of the town, which is called Purgatory, is mm. all of the. Uh, I, 
I don't want to say victims, but all the people that Wyatt Earp has killed come back every generation. Somebody actually wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call the town purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how I feel about that. (laughs) All the people that Wyatt Earp has killed, every time there's a generational switch, like the oldest generation dies, they come back to kill the youngest of the generation, or the next generation. So they keep- Why? There's no- I haven't gotten an explanation yet. I've only watched one episode. Um, Apparently, Wyatt Earp had a magical, mystical gun that killed- Demons, I, I I remember that that that's that's real. Yeah, um, that's based off of history. Yeah, <laughs> this sounds like the cult in uh, Supernatural, except like way less believable. Okay, so yes, okay. <laughs> sounds like the plot of a shitty comic book. <laughs> <laughs> it is a plot of a shitty comic book. She can't. Sorry, shoot. Evan. Keep going. No, no, no. It's like it's horribly done. But I found myself strangely attracted to it. Be- like in a, it's horrible and I can't look away? Yes, almost sort of <laughs> like that. I, I, I was talking with, I was chatting with, oh, I was uh, with Matt, with Matt Much. And we were actually, I was watching it and he said, I'm going to watch it too. And we both suffered together. And I said, it's, it's supernatural meets um, Sleepy Hollow. And then it was something else, like horrible, badass chick show. Because that's all this, it's a monster of the week show. That's all it's going to be. And it's taking all of these, all of the bad tropes of all of the better shows and putting them all in one, one hour shit fest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But not for nothing i watched the whole episode and i went today looking to see if there was another one just so i can make sure that it's as bad as it is and i feel like i'm going to end up watching the whole season that way <laughs> like is it really this bad i should watch season episode 12 yeah it's I still have, this bad i have things i can give you to do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean if you're really that desperate to spend time on something that's going to suck it's, i can come up with something for you <laughs> it, i don't i don't know i like i said i'm strangely attracted to it and it's not that, like, she is, it's not a physical thing. Like, she's not that good looking. She's all right. She's kind of badass. The story is meh. Fucking, at one point in time, at the end of the episode, she's she's a drinker. And she's an alcoholic. We've, we've come to understand this because they constantly have a drink in this poor girl's hand. Um, she's sitting at the bar with the magical gun. And this gentleman who is in, who is in, He's, he's like in period piece for Old West. He's got the, you know, the, the curly mustache, that goatee that's only the strip in the middle of the chin. He's wearing a bowler type hat and all of his clothes are old. And he is conversing with her and he's talking in a certain way that you're like, I know this guy is, is something. He's, he's either the really bad guy or something's up with this dude. They have a quick conversation and that's it. Now, I thought I knew who it was, but they didn't flat out say it. He is a bad guy in the show because he's he's hanging out with the demons. But it turns out Doc Holliday shows up in this show. The Doc Holliday. You know, Wyatt Earp's friend from back in the day? Like Val Kilmer? I wish. I <laughs> wish. 
that shit. Chubby Val Kilmer. Chubby, uh, Chubby Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. No, no, <laughs> Val Kilmer in uh, Tombstone as Doc Holliday. You guys go watch that movie no, no, instead I, of this show. I get what you're saying. I'm saying that this show needs Chubby Val Kilmer. Yeah. As, uh, yes, that Doc would make it Holliday. so much, so much better. I don't know that anyone needs Chubby <laughs> Val Kilmer, but I take your point. It's I don't know. I like I haven't made up my mind on it yet. I know it's bad, and my heart is telling me that it's bad. But I, <laughs> you're telling us. I'm telling bad. you it's bad. The comic was bad. The show is is pretty bad. But I've seen a lot worse. And if you like that sort of westerny sci-fi thing, that's so prevalent in television nowadays. <laughs> is this because you're a Firefly fan, Evan? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You are so unfathomably desperate for more Firefly. <laughs> Get drunk and watch Winona Earp. That, uh, that is perfect. Perfect explanation. I'm, I'm going to check out another episode or two to see what the fuck happens. It'll prob- I'll probably stop relatively soon because it's not good. I wanted it to be good because the book was so bad, but I can't honestly in all good conscience say it was good. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Uh, we're going to move on to something uh, sort of better, but so, as a TV watcher, I knew this was w- what happened in this episode of The Walking Dead. I knew it was going to happen because I'm a TV. I watch TV. I've seen it before. I know. I, I knew it still pissed me off. Mm-hmm. See, I did not know it was going to happen because. Um... I thought that they were going to have the balls to just do what they said they were going to do. Um, when did they say that they were going to do that? I guess they never really flat out said they were going to do it. It's just you're reenacting a scene from a comic book. Right. And that scene plays out in a very specific manner. And they did that in the most bullshitty of bullshit ways that they could possibly have conjured. Is that, so, I, okay, just so you understand, I watched the last half hour of this episode mm-hmm. because I looked at my phone at 10 o'clock and went, why the fuck isn't Facebook exploding right now? Because this show uh-huh. should have been over, and I was waiting for the debacle that is fucking social media when someone doesn't like something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I turned it on regular TV, like... I actually watched it the last half hour with commercials, and I realized, oh, that's why, because it's not done yet. Because apparently, we didn't watch this like as it aired, but we did get the uh, the AMC app version where there was just as many commercials as there were during the airing, and there were like just shit tons of commercials. The app would go to commercial, and it would be like, add one of six. Oh, Jesus. Now, when you watch something on Hulu, you get like one of two, one of three. Like right. three is the most I've ever seen. This was every commercial break, six ads. And then the app would crash after it played the ads. And so we'd have to go load back into the app, fast forward to the spot where we were, rewatch all six ads. Then it would crash again, back back out, go back in, rewatch all six ads, and then finally get back to the show for five minutes before having to watch six more ads and repeating this process over and over again holy the, crap amc the amc app can totally eat a dick like whoa see and then, and then they get mad at people for going through nefarious means 
We tried. We tried really hard to be honest, AMC. We really tried. And we we did it. We did. And this is how we were rewarded. It has taken us two days. We were late for the show tonight because we were watching this all the way up until uh, till the end here. So to catch everybody up, we're talking about the season finale of The Walking Dead. What? Oh, my God. Strap yes. in. <laughs> st- st- uh, look, I don't have a, a crap ton to say about this. Um, we did get an email yes. about this uh, episode. So, Evan, why don't you give us the, the, the basic breakdown of what this person said in the email, and then I'll, I'll get into breaking down this episode. All right. So, the basic... All right. Uh, they, this is from uh, John. He is a... I would call him a friend of mine who listens to our show. We converse about fucking pop culture, television movie stuff all the time. Um, so he is a fan of Robert Kirkman. He's, he knows the comics. Um, he, he believes that Kirkman does a really good job of building up to suspenseful moments. Um, he, the, the, the fact that the show has fucked this up repeatedly bothers him. Um, they try but fail miserably uh, because he feels that it's largely due to the handicap of adapting this story for television. Um, For years, fans have been waiting for Negan's arrival and ultimately awaiting what is arguably one, if not the most iconic scenes in comic book history. Wondering if they will stay true to the book is and how the scene would be brought to life since the mere mention of his name and the introduction of the survivors at the mid season point we have had invested weeks on waiting for this, have dodged poorly planned gasp moments, and sort of like the tomfoolery of Glenn's dumpster diving. Everything you're saying is true. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, the, the season has, it's just shy of flipped off fucking every fan. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it. Like it's, it's, there's a lot here. And mm-hmm. it's because he's, he's got a, a couple fan. of really cool suggestions as far as like how he would have reshot the scene, and and I don't think that he's wrong in 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 any of his um absolutely not any of his statements. Look, we're <clears throat> this is a big fat hairy spoiler alert. If you've never read the comic book of Walking Dead and you watch the TV show, I'm going to talk about a comparison here. This scene where we meet Negan, who is the villain that they have been talking up and talking up and talking up, and um. This whole situation is played out really close to the way it is in the comic book. The main characters are all lined up in a no-way-out situation, and Negan is going back and forth and has to kill one of them. Like, that's his, that's his, that's his reasoning, his rationale. Is the only way to make his point across and make sure that everyone knows that he's the guy in charge, he's going to have to kill somebody. Uh, so, the way the book builds up to this... Is that, um, they meet other people, like our, the, the main group meets other people in other towns, and they are scared to death of the saviors. And the saviors are intimidating people. Like, when you meet the saviors, these characters are not characters to be screwed around with. And Rick, when, in, in his plan is to, you know, they're, they're part of trading with other towns is to take on the saviors. It's like, when you read that part of the comic, you're like, these guys are going to war. This is going to be this is going to be dangerous, but this is going to be interesting to read. On the show, the first time they meet the saviors, they blow them up. Second time they meet the saviors, they beat the crap out of them. Third time they meet the saviors, they shoot all of them. Then they sneak into a savior's base and they kill all of them and there's a bunch of them in their sleep. Like 
the saviors are not a threat. So those on the show. three or four instances have made sure that we know that the saviors are not a threat. Exactly. It, it seems like they went above and beyond as, to prove that to us. <laughs> they did. Uh, and then in this episode, they were uh, theoretically the last episode, which let's talk about uh, bullshit moments in The Walking Dead where the last shot of the previous episode was designed to be a fake out Daryl kill. This is insulting for two reasons. And so reason number one, if you actually did what you were playing that you just did and killed Daryl off camera, then screw you for doing that show because that's awful. And if you are intentionally screwing with us to make us think that Daryl might have died so that we'll tune into the next episode, screw you again for doing that to us show. That was a no-win situation. That was a shitty thing to do by a shitty hack of a show writer. Period. You already did this to us with the Glenn thing. And then, like, God, the whole first half of this season was replaying the same day over and over again. Regardless, in the comic book, you you get this very similar scene where Negan has everybody lined up, and he's got Lucille out, and he's swinging her around. And already in the show, the actor they got to play Negan is fantastic. His charisma is through the roof, and it has to be, because they can't have Negan talk in the show like he does in the book. And that, for me, took a lot away from his character. Because I'm listening to these lines, which are a lot of them word for word from the book, minus all the profanity. Because no exaggeration, the way Negan talks in the comic, like every three, every third or fourth word is fuck. It's fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fucking fucking this and fucking that. And he's talking about all, like the most lewd, horrible, foul mouthed words that can come out of a human come out of Negan. And that I, was... I, go ahead. I've read that they're going to release that scene on the Blu-ray as uh, like <coughs> uncensored, an uncensored version of it. And I get why, but if they're not going to be able to continue with that character and that style on the show, I don't think it makes sense to even show that to anybody. Exactly. It's fucking stupid. They're, they're handling this as best as you could possibly handle this on cable television. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just can't get away with that, that language. Like, slipping in one F-bomb or, like, a handful of shits, it wouldn't even come close to thinking about scraping one of the atoms that is floating near the other atoms that are on the surface of the bottomless well of profanity that comes out of Negan. It just wouldn't even come close. <laughs> so we've already lost a little piece of that. But in this scene in the comic books, they had been building up to this character and they made his point by having him kill one of the primary characters which was glenn in one of the most brutal and disgusting sequences i've ever read in anything it is absolutely grotesque and horrifying he bashes glenn's head in to a point where one of his eyes pops out and he's still alive screaming maggie's name and he continues to bludgeon him until he is deader than dead in front of everyone, smile on his face the entire time. Like, Negan never stops smiling the entire time he's doing it. And he does it in front of everyone, and then sends them on their way, and it's like, and I've made my point. You all work for me. The end. And that was where the book ended. The comic book ended after you saw Glenn get the ever-loving crap beaten out of him. And, in my opinion, having read this, 
that's enough of a holy shit to leave us leave you off on. Exactly. Like, that's still a really impactful thing without like doing what they did. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they thought that if we had seen that moment in the show that we were like, okay, now we're done. We're good. We don't need this anymore. And that's ridiculous. It is. That's absolutely ridiculous. You don't need this kind of cliffhanger to get people coming back to the highest rated show on cable. You don't need to do this this kind of crap over and over again. And what was with the continuous inside shot of the van that was holding Daryl and everybody? After every commercial break, it came back to this like bullet-ridden door. And then at the end of the episode, you find out it was like Daryl and them behind that door. What? But they couldn't like <laughs> hear or tell anything that was going on outside the door. So what the point of that shot was, I have no idea. Yeah, it was it was purely masturbatory, and I'm not okay with it. The um, not doing, not showing who they killed. Like I don't think they're going to kill Glenn. I still don't. I still because the show has handled comic book deaths completely different. Like they've even done the same death with different deaths with different characters. Like the doctor chick who got killed a few weeks ago. Like I said, that was shot for shot how Abraham died. Now Abraham's still alive. You know, uh, Carol, totally different character. I believe very dead in the comic books. Uh, but Sophia, very much still alive. Not in the show. Shane lasted tw- three times as long. Lori's death was completely different. The friggin' Judith is still alive. Or at least we think she is. We haven't seen her in a while. I don't know. She got left with Gabriel quite like a day ago, so God knows what could have happened. So the way this show has been reshuffling all the character deaths, I would not be surprised in the least if they killed somebody else. But it's got to be original recipe because killing off Eugene or that other dude, I can't even remember his name. Spencer. Um, Spencer or something like that. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to have the gravity that this scene needs. And that was why it worked so much in the comic book, because they took like they took a character that nobody wanted to die. And it wasn't like they had the whole buildup of like this is this character's journey and that character's going to end there. The comic book did a brilliant job of pointing out the absolute randomness of yes, completely senseless. Any meeny miny mo, you're the one who dies because you tickle my fancy. That was that was it. And they sold that senselessness, and that's what made Negan so terrifying. Like, that's what made him such a great villain, because it wasn't like, you know, I'm watching the show and I'm thinking, they're building up for a Carol death. And then I'm watching this episode, and they're like, oh, they're building up for a Eugene death with this really overdramatic goodbye scene where 15 Holy minutes later he was, he was caught in the RV anyway. That was another thing they could have cut to make this not an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was, that was over the top. But, like, I still don't think they're going to kill Glenn. I don't know who they're going to kill, but I don't think it's going to be Glenn. But either way... They should have, they should have had the teeth. They should have had the respect for their audience to be like, you don't need to keep doing this dumb cliffhanger bullshit. Like, and at the end of the last episode with Daryl, you didn't need to do that. You don't, you have a good enough story and good enough characters that people want to come back because of the story you're telling and the characters that are in, in that story. You don't need to keep relying on these dumb, cheap tricks. Because all they're doing is pissing people off and alienating your fan base. Yeah, you're basically trolling your audience at this point. Exactly. And that's not okay. It's really, like, I have come so close to saying, screw this show, I'm not watching it anymore. And if they didn't do these dumb cliffhanger moments, I would actually be okay with it. I would be okay with the Wiley Coyote 
levels of absurdity of Negan's ability to not only get the crap kicked out of his saviors over and over and over, and over again at the, at the beginning, but then miraculously get his shit together enough to block off every conceivable road, set up these really elaborate uh, stops just to get everybody in the same place at the same time, like... What kind of time and resources does this guy have to think this far ahead and this meticulously? That, that was, if you think about the level of planning and the level of like, just how much needed to come together exactly right for Negan's plan to be pulled off, it is insane. It is absolutely insane. It's almost Batman v Superman levels of insane. <laughs> like, this plot is so far-fetched, but I bought it. Because the show sold it to me well enough. You know, like, when Negan walks out of that camper, all of a sudden, that stuff doesn't matter to me. That was the moment that you needed. You needed Negan to show up, and then you needed it to have the teeth of, you know, th th this character has just killed somebody that I care about. But you've lined up all these characters that not everybody cares about. So, you didn't... By sh not showing who the character was that died, you didn't pull off what you were pulling off. This is not who shot Mr. Burns. This is not how did Sherlock survive jumping off the building. You're not going to be that. So stop trying to be that. Be the show that you are and do what you do well. Don't build up these stupid cliffhangers. And especially after doing it so many times, you've played that card so many times this season. This was just utter bullshit. And to the point where the rest of the episode... Barely even matters to me. Morgan killed somebody to save Carol. I saw that coming, like, from 300,000 miles away. Like, the moment that dude showed up, who's doing remarkably well for a man who was shot in the shoulder and then walked through miles and miles and miles, whatever. <sighs> I'm just, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed in this show. It's, it's not that it, it's not even that it just let me down from being stupid. It's just that so much of it was so objectively bad and needless. But the unfortunate Needless is a good word. The unfortunate part is uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan really did do a good job as Negan. Oh, he did. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked fantastic. He fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. He he was charismatic, he was charming. Like they did a good job with him. It's the the line of where where should we end this episode? They just missed it. Like it's almost like I don't even have faith that they know who they killed. Like, maybe they just haven't even decided yet. And they're like, ah, screw it. We don't have to, we don't have to plan this out right now. Let's see what the audience thinks. And then we'll purposely screw with them. Because yeah. we're so smart. Yeah. It, it, I have to, uh, to print a verbal retraction. So it, so to speak, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said that, uh, I don't, I didn't think it would be Michonne because I, I just couldn't conceive of a situation that she couldn't get her way out of. Okay, they, they, they did it. They, 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 yeah, she, there was no getting out of that for anybody. I still don't think it's going to be her because, as you said, I think to have the most impact, it's going to be a reg, uh, an original recipe character, and she wasn't there at the beginning. So, No, but to be fair, this show loves killing black people, and they haven't killed one in a while. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. <laughs> wow. Nice. Um, I am so not wrong. Look back at the history of main characters they've introduced and killed as fast as possible. Like this show is. T-Dog. Exactly, yeah. Rest in peace, T-Dog and skinny guy that helped save Beth and Tyrese. Like, holy crap, this show is uh, really bordering on racist. 
<laughs> well, they do film it in the South. Um, I think it's going to be uh, Maggie. Is that her name? Glenn's girl? Yeah, that was when they, they first announced they were doing Negan. That was my original thought, because that would be a cool flip on its head. But then they're doing this whole thing where she looks like she's basically dying and anyway. That's, so. And that's why I think they're doing they're they're going with her. It is a fl- it's literally the opposite of what happened in the book. And they've already set her up to to die. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what that's what I'm that thinking. That takes so much of the teeth away from the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if she's already dying, then it's not just this random thing. You know what I mean? It 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 takes so much of the teeth away. I don't know. I just I don't see them coming back from this in in a good way because you know when they come back, they're not starting with this scene. Oh fuck! And no. you know what? If I know this show, we're not going to find out who he killed for like four episodes. There will they will drag this shit out as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And at this point, with how much trouble we've had on watching these episodes, I don't even care if we watch them like current with when it's airing. Like yeah, we'll just here. get we'll we'll get it at some point. That's the most I, common thing even... that I've heard online nowadays is that if they keep going down this route and they and they keep fucking us over. As viewers, they're just going to lose me as a weekly watcher. Yeah, like, I'll catch it at some point, but not on their terms, on mine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just think about the the hoops you guys go through to watch the show, and this is how they repay you. So if there are listeners out there who think, oh, these guys talk about Walking Dead too much, um, that's probably over. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead again. Oh, no. I cannot see a circumstance in which I would dedicate any more of my more of my time to what is now looks to be Walking Dead on a boat. <laughs> and, uh, walking Dead on a boat. Sailing I'm Dead. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not going to go through all the hoops. Like we actually, we actually thought about getting cable again. Like we actually put some thought into that. And I can't get a cable subscription with the channels that we need for a price that is what I'm willing to pay for what we would be using it for. Like, which is really sad. Um, but the only way to get, like, we want BBC America because we're going to want to watch Doctor Who and Orphan Black. Like, we want AMC to watch The Walking Dead and that's it. Like, we want Bravo to watch Top Chef and that's it. And that's the problem. All these individual weirdo channels are part of the package that comes with 375,000 other channels that you will never watch, but you're going to pay for all of them. And and so now we can't watch these shows. Like, sorry, I'm not going to buy into your – like, they don't even have specific apps available for these things if you don't already have a cable subscription, which means I'm not going to watch these shows. I'm not going to buy the Blu-rays. I'm not going to rent every single episode for $5 an episode. It's just never yeah, going to happen. The best you're going to get out of us is a season later. We'll watch it on whatever streaming service it ends up on if we have that one. Exactly. Just think and about how then... much money a cable company would, would make from cord cutters if they just made their channels like a la carte. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, like Fios <laughs> started sort of to do something like that, but it's nowhere near as a la carte as they make it sound. Mm-hmm. Like it's they give you like ten channel packs for X amount of dollars, and they're shitty packs, and you only want one channel out of the pack, and it's I don't know. That's the problem. It's not really uh, different enough, right? Yeah, and it's, worthwhile it's, enough. It's not a solution, and I want there to be a solution. I do. I I really really do. Like 
Game of Thrones is starting up soon. We're going to pay for HBO now again because that show's worth it to me. We'll, yeah. And we'll pay for it for when Game of Thrones is on and we'll cancel it as soon as it's done. Exactly. And, and HBO we can pay can. for it for yeah. that finite period. Exactly. HBO is totally fine with that. They're like, sure, we'll take your money for this period of time and we'll <laughs> try to fact- sell you on some other stuff while, while we're at it. And if we don't win you there, then oh well. They in fact emailed us and they were like, yeah. "Hey, Game of Thrones is coming back. You want to you want to get that stuff going again? You want to re- get renew and give us your money again?" <laughs> Which is pretty freaking smart of them. It is because absolutely HBO. I do want to do that. And FX, if you if if you want me to do that, absolutely, I'll do that. I I would do that for FX. I don't know that I'd do it for Bravo, but <laughs> no, no, everything on Bravo other than Top Chef is trash. Well, quite quite vapid. It's unfortunate that we got hosed the way we did. Like I, I'm, I'm usually safe because I don't normally watch this show, but I knew of Negan. I knew of the situation in the comics, so I got roped in, and I really, I thought I did well by avoiding it till ten o'clock, and then going, oh, what's there's something up? What's going on? Is everybody so completely stunned by what happened that nobody is posting this on Facebook? Hold on, and. They roped me in, and I watched like, so we'll say 6, 12, 24, let's say 24 to 30 commercials in that half-hour time span. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was. That was that was one of the biggest complaints I kept seeing from everyone online. It's like, man, there were so many commercials during this episode, because there were. Yeah. Because it's just AMC getting their... their they're pushing their fans as hard as they can to get every single dollar out of them that they can. And like to some extent, all right, I guess I can't blame you. You've got a real popular show, but if you don't treat your fans with respect, eventually that popularity is going to wane. And I don't care how much Norman Reese you shove in my face, I'm never buying that app in a million years. <laughs> and, a, no. And as you pointed out during those commercials, Really weird to hear Daryl Dixon say, buy it from the App Store. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I have to say about The Walking Dead. All right. So let's take a quick break. Uh, When we get back, we're going to talk about Supergirl, the most recent episode, World's Finest, which was pleasantly fun. So stay tuned. Batman v Superman inspired the guys on Stone Age Gamer Podcast to talk about the many, many many, many versus matchups in the world of video games. Plus, in the news, someone breaks Super Mario World beyond belief. Konami still hates you. And what's the deal with that sealed case of stadium events? Find out about all of this and more on the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, Episode 93, Frogger v. Battleship. Dawn of Frogstus. (laughs) With the not-at-all-surprising box office success of the recent Deadpool movie, The world has gotten to know the Merc with the Mouth a lot better, but did you know there are a whole host of other pools to get acquainted with in the pages of various comic books? In the latest installment of Welcome to the D-List, Jonathan Fugger takes the time to explore the career of this character's loveliest incarnation, Lady Deadpool, and what makes her the best pool of the bunch. Head on over to geekade.com, our website, and check out Welcome to the D-List, Lady Deadpool. What do you get when you take a dark, gritty superhero who finds justice by murdering a bunch of dudes and match him up against a similarly dark, gritty superhero who finds justice without killing, but by doing a lot of damage? And throw in a pretty, badass superheroine who brings the unexpected. 
You might think you get Batman v Superman, but Brandon and Travis are actually talking about the far more superior superhero pairing to be found in Daredevil Season 2. Don't miss Apathetic Enthusiasm, Episode 61, Daredevil v Punisher. Geekhead has a new podcast all about the world of gaming. Tabletop games, board games, card games, you name it, they've got it. In the latest episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, Dave and Chengus discuss all that's going on in the world of Magic the Gathering. They talk about deck building, story crafting, and drizzit recapping. Plus, they review Ghost and Words with Friends, a.k.a. non-copyrighted Scrabble. Hear all of this and more on You Shall Not Pass Go, Episode 2, Jürgenheim. It's a word. You can catch all this plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. So let's jump right in. Um, I caught up with Supergirl like in a, in a cluster. Like I, I made sure I had all of them. I watched them all and then watched the most recent episode, which is episode 18, World's Finest. Now, I watched this... I can't remember if I watched it before or after Batman v Superman, but this is by far one of the most entertaining television shows I've ever seen. It was so much fun. It's how a superhero team up should be, in my humble opinion. Um, in this episode, Cara Danvers is dealing with the fact that Silver Banshee and Livewire are attacking her at the same time because she got both of them fired, I think. <laughs> I think that Silver Banshee looks really silly. Yeah, but then she looks true to the comic books. I mean, I was like, that's that's spot on. I mean, it's, it's a stretch for television. Um, but uh, in this episode, somehow, for some reason... The Flash shows up. He's just, he was just testing out his speed and happened to vibrate at the proper frequency and show up in another universe dimension. What are they calling them now? Where multiverse, multiverse, which apparently is the home of Supergirl. So they team up for the episode. Now it is the standard superhero team up. They get together. They fight the bad guys. Spoiler. They win. The The thing that attracted me so much to this show, the thing that I enjoyed so much, were the little bits and pieces of Barry and and uh, Kara, like, interacting, like, just talking to each other. Like, there's a scene where, I don't know what you want to call it, but they, they have this office in, in the Cat Grant building, which is, like, sort of like their little headquarters, and they're... Kara and Barry are explaining to, you know, Jimmy and whatever the other guy's name is, you know, Toy Man's son, uh, that Barry is the fastest man alive. And to demonstrate that, Barry runs out and comes back into the room and gives everybody ice cream. And Kara's <laughs> reaction is like, yes! <laughs> I loved her reaction so much to that. It was perfect. It was perfectly done. I mean... Like, I enjoyed every bit of this episode because it was just fun. It was just a lighthearted, entertaining show that after, I feel like I watched it after Batman v Superman because 
it was like I I needed this. Like <laughs> I needed to remember that not all of DC is dark, dreary, and and, and horrific. It was very uh, very refreshing. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, in the whole overplot of of Supergirl, there was a, a couple episodes previously to the to this. There was a, a bout with Red Kryptonite, where they hearkened back to I want to say it was Superman two, where they created a bad version of Kryptonite. It's the one with Richard Pryor. Is that two or three? It's three. Three. They they create faulty kryptonite and he that's the one where he's in the the the, the bar shooting the peanuts mm. like did that almost scene for she it was really cute to see that in the show because she goes bad but she screwed over everybody in the city and now everybody's turned on her and she's slowly trying to build their trust back and that's the the emotional stuff that Kara's is de- dealing with in in this episode and barry just sort of pep talks her way through his way through this episode which he's really good at. He is, man. Like, they, like, there. He is sort of trapped in in her dimension, universe, multiverse, whatever you want to call it. And as opposed to the episode being about him spending all of his time trying to figure out how to get home, he's like, "No, I'm going to help you. We're gonna we're gonna take care of this problem," which happens to be Silver Banshee and Livewire, and we'll figure out how to get home later. And, I mean, I think they did it perfectly because they spent absolutely no time on him trying to figure out how to get home. He couldn't get home. Whole episode figured out how to get home. That was it. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> and then a wizard did it, and then Barry went home. And, okay. If you run fast and I run fast, I'll get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they did the, the super Supergirl versus Flash foot race. Which was cute to see. I mean, it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of cute in this. There was like, I like how uh, Wynn was like, really, who's like a really huge fan of the Flash. He was like, oh my God, you're so cool. <laughs> yes. And it was just, and, 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 and uh, James being super jealous the entire episode. <laughs> that actually bugged me. Like, I, I don't know. I, you know, we, we've been out of touch with this show, but, um, I, I don't know, I guess at some point Kara and uh, Kat have some kind of tenuous friendship now. Yeah, it turned. Because, yeah, because now she's giving her, like, dating advice, which her dating advice is, you like James, so you need to, like, go get another guy and make him jealous, which is the worst advice in the history of advice. If there are any, like, teenage girls out there listening to this and you think that maybe that was a good idea... It's a terrible idea. Don't do it ever. It's bad. But it worked Except on that the it show. Worked on the show, <laughs> and that was annoying to me. It succeeded. That's all we wanted. It's that is that's a trope. That is a sitcom television show trope. But it was surrounded by so much goodness that I really didn't care. It was is what it is. I also really liked how Barry was like, "You're an alien. That is awesome." Yeah. <laughs> He's so totally, like, into the whole her being an alien thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they were constantly, like, <laughs> blown away by the differences in each other's realities. Like, wait, there are multiple Earths? Wait, you have aliens here? Like, <laughs> when they go when they go to... Oh, Mariah Carey's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey was the, the universal Uniting constant. Uniting the uh, multiple Earths in... What is the name of their... The D.O.D.? I want to say D.O.E. D.O.E. They go to the D.O.E. And he's like, oh, man, this is cool. Is that a spaceship? Can I take a <laughs> selfie with this? 
<laughs> no, no, yes. okay. Like that what he doesn't do it very much in The Flash, but he ca- like I find it adorable when he catches himself and he's like, "Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. No. All right, we're good." <laughs> Did it like 6 times in the episode. It was adorable every time. I think it like because he was not on his own earth and like he was trapped kind of away from his like the problems of his earth he sort of had more freedom to like just be Barry man just had fun it's like it's it's almost like flash vacation he's like well nothing I could do until this girl helps me get home so I might as well hang out and like just do me and you see and this is this was a filler episode okay but they threw in some really good stuff. Like, this did not progress the normal Supergirl storyline on at all. It was, hey... Well, she did gain the trust of the public back at the end. And they did create, what's-her-face, uh, Silver Banshee. Well, she she came uh, um, on board sort of two episodes previously. Yeah, but she, like, got the She got the cost. She got the face. Yeah, she got the makeover. But the underlining story with uh non and all of that stuff which i don't know if you've seen it but there's more stuff that could have been progressed that wasn't which is fine um it's nice to get a monster of the week type of story um we had two monsters this week plus flash i mean like they gotta just keep putting like on every show (laughs) Yes. Nashville, so Flash shows up. All needs more Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Flash shows up on The Walking Dead. <laughs> it just runs through camera. I, I'm okay. like, it would just make it better. <laughs> that was that would be how they could all escape and get out of that. Yes. Because if Flash showed up. You guys, I solved it. <laughs> AMC, are you listening? AMC, big fans of the show. 10 out of 10. I like my show better now, and I'm just going to go write that instead of watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's really all I have to say about it. It was so much fun. It's really the way Team Up show should be. Not as dreary and dark as some of the other Team Ups that we have seen in recent times. Um, what I did like better about this Team Up as opposed to the Arrow Flash Team Up, there was no darkness on the good side. See, like when, when Barry and and the Arrow get together, you know, the, the, it's Ollie's, Ollie's got to be all, be all dark and rough. Ollie's got to go find out he has a kid, and then decide to lie to Felicity about it, and then yeah, turn yeah. back time, and then do it again. Or yes, no, wait, he didn't lie to her the one time, and then she left him, and so then he decided to lie to. I don't know, this whole thing was bullshit. Right? Don't lie to your wife. <laughs> you hear that, people? You hear that, viewers at home? Don't lie to your significant others, especially about kids. Yes. Thank you, dear. <laughs> um evan yes yeah before i ask you that i just want to say like yeah they both had the same positive energy that's what i was yeah that that was what was coming into my head when you were saying they even hugged at the end of the episode yeah so great and there was like no uh romantic tension between them which was also nice like they didn't have to rely on that even though they were you know from the outside i guess jimmy olsen was like oh now she's macking it to this flash guy that totally wasn't there between the two of them not at all what she was looking at at, she was looking at him as like an equal like this is someone that i could bond with and jimmy be all like she trying to get up in my girl's you know hoo-hoo dilly 
And that wasn't the case. <laughs> oh, my God, Evan. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, ladies, he is single. That was a South Park reference. <laughs> I can't take that as my own. <laughs> who stuck their hoo-hoo dilly in your cha-cha? Anywho, it was a lot of fun. Really a good watch. Were you going to ask a question, Karen? <laughs> I was. Okay. Um, you said you caught up on this show. Yes. Uh, we dropped off uh, pretty early, three or four episodes in. Has it gotten any better? Because it didn't seem like it. It's okay. It it all depends on what you're looking for. I like getting a episode with the Martian Manhunter. I like the the Easter egg stuff that they give me. Um, it seems that it's happening in every episode. There's something that they're referencing from the comic book world or a, a, an Easter egg of some sort. Um, like it goes from. I can't remember that they, they, it's they in a very famous comic book Superman comic there's this plant-like creature I want to say it's Starro but that's not right that just takes over his mind and makes him see his perfect reality but it's slowly killing him okay that is a a, a comic story from DC what like I want to say in the 70s they did that in this in in Supergirl uh the, I want to say there was a, a guy called the mad jailer but I'm not a master jailer who is a Superman villain? They threw him in this. She goes to the Fortress of Solitude. She, uh, I mean, th- th- all of that stuff, the beats from the comics that they do that for people like me. And it's what keeps me continuously watching it. It's a, a standard CW style show, even though it is on CBS. You guys look like the racially diverse, non-threatening cast of a CW show. Exactly. Yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> that was a proper line from Cat. Yeah. Um, because it seemed like it's still like kind of corny, kind of cliche, kind of stereotypical. When people talk about, oh, it's a comic book show, and they mean that in a kind of a negative stereotype. All of the things that I saw in this are what people are talking about when they say something like that. Which is a shame because those things that they're pointing out as negative are homages to comic book stuff. Which, fine. That's it. I, I mean, it's not. maybe are, it's not for everyone. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the point. Is just I, There are other comic book shows out, out there that don't have things like hacky dialogue and cheesy villains and or or they do them but they do them in a way that i don't know is more appealing to me this didn't quite work for me the flash stuff worked i feel like i looked at the writing credits and it was one guy who was had been on arrow and flash and this and then one guy who had written on supergirl and a handful of other things nothing that was really that um impressive Mm -hmm. and it seemed like the first guy had like done all the Flash stuff and it was all really great and left all the Supergirl stuff to the other writer who maybe didn't know what he was doing as much or maybe is just doing something different and that something is not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so I, I, I straight up I watched this show for those bits and pieces for me. You know, I there was a Bizarro episode where a girl was claiming to be Bizarro 8, and it was the girl who played Supergirl on Smallville. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's the shit that I see. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. And that just carries me through the episode. There's nothing to write home about this this show. But 
it has a it it's still the same. It yeah. hasn't changed from what it was in the beginning. Because okay, no, I mean, because like I, don't think I it's feel as, like like we had a problem at the beginning with the softer female lead. Like she was, there was a we like she wasn't a strong role model or something. We had a, a problem with at the beginning. I can't remember. I vaguely remember that it was it was something that they could have done better with. And it's not that they're doing a poor job. It's just that they're going through the normal tropes that they have to, or they feel that they have to. You know, yeah. she's strong. Hey, she's well, weak. it is. She's, she's. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It is CBS. It is. It is CBS. Um. I just feel like they maybe part of the reason they did this crossover was to like kind of gain more of the Flash and Arrow audience. And from what I saw of this episode that were like the parts outside of the involvement with the Flash is not enough to bring me personally back as a as a viewer. And it's understandable. Supergirl. Understandable. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. There was a it was a, if you're not watching the show at all. And especially if you're watching The Flash, check this episode out. It's called World's Finest. It's episode 18 in season one. Um, it's good times. It's a lot of fun. The rest of these shows, if you if you like me and you like seeing those bits and pieces that this it, it's you know those those hidden gems that you you're looking for, that's the show is right for you. If you're not into that, it may not be your cup of tea. So, anything else, guys? Uh, no, I mean, I'm with Karen. This, uh, hasn't really done a lot to draw me back into that world. I feel like this would be a background show for you guys. Yeah, at the very, <laughs> at, at most. You know what I mean? Like, like, if this show decides to turn around and get really freaking good, I mean, I'd jump in. I don't hate the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, the trouble is, is that it, it does a great job of all the world building stuff. It just doesn't do a great job of, you know, all the character interactions and stuff. Like, I still just don't. I don't find myself caring enough because the writing is so hacky sometimes. And like, you know, shows like Flash and Arrow have proven that even in an episode about friggin' robot bees, you can get away with that kind of cheesy, absolute crazy comic book stuff and still be good Mm -hmm. uh, or at least good enough. And, but this show, I think, is still just, it's so marred by the you're watching CBS vibe that it just oozes out of it that, uh, I feel yeah. that Arrow doesn't do a good job of paying homage to its comic fan base. No, because it started off as Batman. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they so, do like, very, very little, if any, references to the comic books that it has come from. Yeah. Flash does a much better job of it correctly. Very much. Um, so. I think Supergirl does it better than the Flash. The the excuse me than the the Arrow. They just got to find the right way to do it and not be so hacky. This is not, yeah. I, I do not feel that this would be a show that would upset you, but it's not something that yeah. I would feel would be engaging for either one of you either. So I concur. So I guess that wraps it up. Chris? That, like Evan said, is our show. Once again, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or this show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us individually on the Twitterverse. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. 
And Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Fantastic, Chris. Thank you so much. So, quick recap. Arrow. Yes. Good. I would agree with that. It is a good show. It's entertaining. Um, Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know, man. I don't even know if I can recommend that you continue to watch that show. I'm I'm going to say the same thing about Winona Earp. <laughs> 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 Not with the same growlness. I just don't know. <laughs> I did get a solid read off the first episode. Uh, Supergirl. I say yes. I enjoy it. It's not. It's not going to hurt anybody. So, I guess that's it, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please check us out on all of our social medias. Drop us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, blah blah blah. Yakety schmackety. Speaking of, did you see that fucking uh, the Warner Brothers and their sister Dot is on Netflix now? I did not see yes, that. Yes, the Animaniacs, all like 27 seasons of them are available on Netflix. But don't think I didn't realize that you just talked about Animaniacs after coming off of a Tasmania reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tall glass OJ. OJ. Blah, 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 yakety schmackety. <laughs> so, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Bitch nuts. Good night. I actually had to contact Dave, and he sent me a <laughs> video recording or a, a an audio recording on Facebook Messenger to get the proper pronunciation of Jurgenheim. That's exactly what I thought you would do. <laughs> <laughs> After cursing both of you out, because I feel like you got together and you're like Jurgenheim, give it to Evan. <laughs> no, I came to that on my own, and then I told Chris I was going to do that, and he said, "Awesome." <laughs> You too. Oh man, there was something along the lines of like, uh, it's like I get to make Evan say Chengus uh, and Jurgenheim. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you guys suck, man. <laughs> uh, we love you. Love you too. Bitch nuts, really? Maybe you didn't see. Maybe you didn't see that part of the episode. One one of the thirty five blockades that they drove into. Abraham like pulled up to it and just went. Ah, bitch nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally I turn on the episode when uh, what's the the guy with the mullet? Eugene. Eugene. Uh, he was sitting in the truck or the 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 Winnebago, and it was like I don't know, fourteen minutes of him just sitting there going, yeah. <laughs> when we went to South Jersey Geek Fest last weekend, there was a guy behind one of the vendor tables. Who is like just you know t-shirt and a mullet? <laughs> Looking at Chris, I'm like, excellent, Eugene. <laughs> Spot on, Eugene, sir. Spot on. And this concludes our broadcast day.